Shri Damodar Janani by Shivaram Swami Appendix 5 How can Krishna be simultaneously limited and unlimited? In his Lagu Vaishnava Toshani, commentary to verse 10.9.17, Srila Jiva Goswami raises a hypothetical objection to Krishna being simultaneously limited and unlimited, and then he answers that objection. This appendix is based on the arguments presented by the Acharya. In chapter 6 of this book, the demigods studied the topic of how their unlimited Supreme Lord could be bound by the ropes of Yashoda Devi. Their conclusion was that Krishna's inconceivable nature enabled him to be simultaneously limited and unlimited. A little baby who could be embraced by his mother and at the same time could not be bound by any length of rope. Thus the thesis, vishaya, of this argument is that Krishna's inconceivable potencies enable him to simultaneously manifest what appears to conditioned souls to be contradictory characteristics. In this case, that he is simultaneously limited and unlimited. Some philosophers or religionists will object, shamshaya, arguing that an object cannot be simultaneously limited and unlimited, bound and unbound. Such is the view of doubters, Purvapaksha. Is that the view of such doubters, Purvapaksha, is that an object can be in these two states at different times, but that they cannot be so at the same time is logically impossible. This objection is further extended by its proponents with the argument that an object can be simultaneously limited and unlimited if one of these two states is only apparent, not factual. In other words, Krishna may be unlimited, but his being bound by his mother or having a medium size is simply an illusion. This can be exemplified by the sun, which appears palm-sized to us, but is actually over a 100,000 yojanas. The other alternative is that Krishna is limited and his being unlimited is an illusion. This would be like holding an emerald in one's hand and saying that it's unlimited in size. Obviously, the consequences of either of these alternatives is embarrassing, to say the least. If Krishna being limited is an illusion, then this pastime deceives his associates, as do all his other pastimes, because he is not really participating in them. If Krishna being unlimited is an illusion, then his divinity at the time is called into question one consequence of which is how all creation is being sustained. Both alternatives being ridiculous, the conclusion that these philosophers draw from them is that under no circumstance can Krishna be simultaneously limited and unlimited. The Gaudiya Vaishnava's answers to this objection, Siddhanta, is that restrictions born of logical analysis, as presented above, apply only to material objects. They do not apply to transcendental objects, and so they do not apply to Krishna. Scriptures universally agree that the Supreme Lord is inconceivable, and as such he is beyond the scope of logical conjecture. This is the meaning of the statement, Tarka Pratishtanat, quote, The truth cannot be established by logical argument. Moreover, 
all contradictory things are reconciled in him. Sri Ishopanishad describes some of the contradictory characteristics of Lord Krishna. Tad ejati tan najayati tadure tadvantike tad antarasya sarvasya tadud sarvasya bhayahyataha The Supreme Lord walks and does not walk. He is far away, but he is very near as well. He is within everything, and yet he is outside of everything. In the Bhagavad Gita, Krishna also describes some contradictory features of the super soul. Sarvata pani padam tat sarvatokshikshiromukam sarvato shrutimaloke sarvam avritta tishtati. Everywhere are his hands and legs, his eyes, heads, and faces. And he has ears everywhere. In this way, the super soul exists, pervading everything. Rupa Goswami cites the Kurma Purana to explain that these contradictory qualities exist in Krishna by the dint of his omnipotence. Asthulash chananush chayvasthulonush chayvasarvataham avarnaha sarvataha proktaha shyamo raktanta lochanaha aishvarya yogat bhagavan vivrudartho bhididiyate the Lord is not gross, nor is he subtle. Rather, he is both gross and subtle. He is without color, but is blackish, with red at the edges of his eyes. By his power, he possesses contrary qualities. How are such contradictory characteristics resolved? Being far away and near, being all-pervading and localized, are being gross and subtle. Scriptures reveal that such a resolution takes place by the agency of his inconceivable potencies. When the demigods were once being overwhelmed by the superior strength of the demons, they appealed to the Lord, and in their prayers they said the following, Nahiviroda hubayam bhagavati aparamritaha Gunagana Ishpare Navagahya Madhyadme Avarchenak Vikalpa Tarka Vichara Pramanan Bhasasa Kutarka Sashtra Kalikanta Karanashraya Duravagaraha Vadinam Vidvadana Vasara Uparata Samasta Mayamaye Kevala Evatma Mayam Antardaya konyarto durghataiva bhavati surupa dvayabhavad. O Supreme Personality of Godhead, all contradictions can be reconciled in you. O Lord, since you are the Supreme Person, the reservoir of unlimited spiritual qualities, the Supreme Controller, your unlimited glories are inconceivable to the conditioned souls. Many modern theologians argue about right and wrong without knowing what is actually right. Their arguments are always false and their judgments inconclusive because they have no authorized evidence with which to gain knowledge of you. Because their minds are agitated by scriptures containing false conclusions, they are unable to understand the truth concerning you. Furthermore, 
because of the polluted eagerness to arrive at the right conclusion. Their theories are incapable of revealing you, who are transcendental to the material conceptions. You are one without a second, and therefore in you contradictions like doing and not doing, happiness and distress, are not contradictory. Your potency is so great that it can do and undo anything as you like. With the help of that potency, what is impossible for you? Since there is no duality in your constitutional position, you can do everything by the influence of your energy. We conditioned souls may wonder how the potencies of Krishna resolve such contradictory things, but we cannot. By its very nature, that which is inconceivable is beyond the realm of the workings of the mind and intelligence, and therefore beyond the realm of logic. As the Skanda Purana says, Achinchikalu ye bhava na thams tarkena yojayet. Inconceivable things cannot be understood by material logic. How then could they be understood? Only by accepting the statements of Scripture. The Vedanta Sutra thus declares, Shrutes tu sabda mulatvat. Because he is the root from which the Vedic Scriptures have come, the supreme truth may be understood by the revelation of Scripture. If one does not recognize those potencies, then even the Vaishnava philosophers, what to speak of the impersonalists, are unable to properly practice or defend their doctrines in regards to simultaneous oneness and difference. Jiva Goswami writes, Other Vedantas Sampradayas admit that endless essays, dissertations, and theses with their varied arguments, fail to establish the truth. Still, they think that the principle of oneness and difference existing together in the same place transgresses the boundaries of reality. They take this proposition to be a fault of neglecting the nature of universality, that is, that if difference is true, then it must be universally true. And if oneness is true, then it must be universally true. Following this faulty logic, they therefore think that these two, difference and non-difference, cannot independently coexist. There cannot be both duality and oneness, they reason. One of these doctrines must have supremacy over the other. Those who think it is one find that their attempts to practice the doctrine of oneness are impossible. In the same way, those who attempt to practice the doctrine of absolute difference will find their position untenable. In this way, both the practitioners of the absolute oneness and the practitioners of absolute duality will be unable to realize their philosophy. Therefore, in light of the difficulties of trying to realize oneness without distinction or distinction without oneness, the principle of Achinchabedavada or inconceivable Simultaneous oneness and distinction has been accepted as the highest harmonizing principle. And why should inconceivability be untenable in transcendence when even material objects display some inconceivable characteristics? In speaking to Prakashananda Saraswati, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu also established the inconceivable potencies of the Lord in a similar way 
and argued that even a material object, a touchstone, produces a variety of valuable jewels without changing its original form. That is inconceivable. So why not believe in the inconceivable potency of Lord Krishna? Similarly, we see that a Mobius strip is simply a geometric figure any child can assemble, and its contradictory nature is that there is no difference between the inside or the outside. In summary, we may confirm the conclusion above, Sangati, by asserting that in the same way that Krishna's inconceivable potencies enable him to walk but not walk, to be all-pervasive as well as localized, and to be one with and different from everything, in that same way he is both limited and unlimited simultaneously.